Um, Paul, tell me about waste management. What is it? Is it like PG&E? It's got shareholders, but it's a utility. How, how does it? How does it operate? Um, yeah, sure. So it's a publicly traded company. Um, it has shareholders. It's on the. It's the WM is the stock exchange ticker symbol. Um, it's got a board of directors. Um, the corporation's based in Houston, uh, Texas, and then we have um, operations throughout North North America, including Canada. You know, the U.S. and Canada, um, and I think we operate in almost every state. Um, I don't think it's every state, but almost every state. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. And then how, in like Chico, um, is there a regional manager that's yeah. kind of independent? Because Texas is far away. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, let me explain that a little bit better. Sure. So um, the um, there's the, the main parent company is based in Houston, and then there's different areas. We call them areas all throughout the country. So the area that involves Chico is called um, Northern California, Nevada, and it covers um, California from the Oregon border all the way down to, like, probably uh, Merced. It's not a straight line across, but it kind of goes down to, like, King City and Monterey County. And then from the coast to, to Nevada, and then in Nevada, we have like northern Nevada, so like the Reno area, and um, Story, I think, is as far east as we go. There's a whole other area called uh, Southern California that covers the, the southern part of the state. And then within the area itself, we have different what we call business units, and the, so those are like the more, more localized. So... For example, Chico is covered by North Valley Disposal. Um, and so we have like BUs all across the area that cover the specific. And then each BU has like a district manager and then there's route managers and drivers and recycling coordinators and PS, um, public sector service managers, which are like the people that um, do the relations with our various contracts and governments and such. And how did you get involved with waste management? Like, what did you major in in college? What what yeah. led you here? Sure. So uh, I was a journalism major. Um, that was my dream. Um, so I like coverage. I was a journalist for about fifteen years. Um, I went to the University of Maryland, and then. Um, was a journalist in D.C. for a little bit, then went down to Florida for my kind of first real job, and then out to the West Coast in Oakland. I worked at the Oakland Tribune for about uh, 13, 12 to 13 years. But um, fortunately, that industry started just kind of fading, and it was really tough. Um, so I jumped into uh, public relations. Um, I worked for a nonprofit that that was working to solve homelessness, and then I um, moved over to WM. And what's your title? Uh, my official title is uh, Communications Specialist, um, but often I just go as spokesperson. Well, that's communicating. So yeah. <laughs> if you were speaking with a journalism class in college now, what, what advice would you give them about getting a job? Don't do it. <laughs> Uh, I think it's the same advice that um, they always gave gave us when I was in college, which is um, get experience, get get go intern, 
write stories, learn how to write the stories, um, get a portfolio of, of uh, stories that you can show because when you get into the real world, that's that's what matters. The, the editors who are going to hire you are, are looking at what you can do and how you write. Um, and, and how you perform. So the the more and then the more practice you get, the the easier it becomes. There's been a lot of politicization of fake media, and we've seen now, especially in cable news, which is different than what you do. Real polarization between Fox and MSNBC and CNN. Um, do you do you think there's any hope that we'll get back to a more, you know, objective journalism? Or are we committed to this kind of polarization i think i think objective journalism exists but it's dependent upon the the population to find it that that it's dependent on though that that people become educated and informed and knowledgeable about knowing what information they're getting and how it might be swayed um and I think the death of the local newspaper is a main contributor to this because in the past you had your local paper and the newspaper forced you to see both sides of the story. It was designed that way. Um, and, and then you also had a connection with the reporter. So it wasn't just some guy in D.C. or some woman in D.C. writing this story and you don't know anything about them so it's easily to, to portray them as being biased. It was... You know, Frank or Jill down the street, I saw them at the grocery store. Like, they're not evil. They're just telling me what's going on. Um, and so I think that that is, that's been, and then, of course, the evolution of social media, which just, you know, if you click on something, they just keep feeding that paranoia over and over. Um, so I think it can be solved. It's just, it's going to take a lot of education for and awareness and, and try to convince people who are, for lack of a better word, brainwashed to kind of see the light of day. What, what do you think about the New York Times as an objective source in their reporting? I think I think they follow the. I think they're objective. I mean, there there might be a little bit of a slant, um, but I, you know they follow the rules. There's 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 uh, their so, their stories are sourced properly. They're they're going back. They're going for the balanced view. Um, yeah, I, it's not like Fox News. <laughs> I I watch BBC because I figure they're not beholden to any particular political viewpoint. So I, I like to see how they cover global news and U.S. news. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, I'm really confused about plastic. I know I can recycle my cardboard waste. Can I recycle the Amazon... Uh, packaging the the mailers that's kind of plasticky. Can I recycle food containers? What what? Give us a lowdown on what's okay with plastic. Yeah. So and that's been that's kind of uh, one of my main um, job job. One of my main jobs is recycling education, and and it is confusing, and it has been for a little a while. But what we're trying to do is get people to. Um, to just forget about those recycling symbol, forget about the recycling numbers, um, and just 
try to keep it as simple as possible. So we've kind of created like three basic rules. And then the rule one is recycle all bottles, cans, paper, and cardboard. So if it's a bottle, if it's a can, if it's paper, pure paper, if it's cardboard, you can recycle that. Any kind of container, a plastic, metal, aluminum, you can recycle it. The other rule is to keep food and liquid out of your recycling. So if you have like a jar of peanut butter and half the peanut butter is still in there, like take that peanut butter out before you recycle it. If you have a little bit of peanut butter in there, it doesn't have to be crystal clear, but, but if it's a lot cleared out, empty any liquids. And then the last rule is um, no plastic bags and don't bag your recyclables, keep them loose. And the reason for this is while plastic bags may be recycled in the curbside recycling programs, it, it, they can't be because they get tangled up with other recyclables and or they get stuck in our um, recycling machines that sort all that material. And it causes massive delays, um, which just raises costs and, and you lose recyclable material. So, the, so you, we ask people to take them to a supermarket because a lot of the supermarkets or the big box, Targets, Best Buys, the kind of uh, Walmarts, those kind of stores have a plastic recycling oh. container, bag recycling thing. And we ask people to, to take them there or just use reusable bags. Um, in terms of like Amazon packaging, a lot of that is not recyclable. Um, if you think of the like, you know, they send you that, that paper envelope and you're like, oh, this is paper, but it's not really because it's like five or six materials all smushed together. And so you, it's very difficult to tear, tear those materials apart. Well, they, they have the kind of brown envelopes that yeah. look like they're all paper, and then they have the white bubbly kind. So the white yeah. bubbly kind is no good, but what about the, just, they look recyclable, they look like just paper, the, the brown ones? Right, right, right. Yeah, typically they're not because in the middle is uh. some kind of plastic material that that's not, that's not fully recyclable. And, and the other really bad thing is those air bubbles that they put in. Those because it, that's just plastic film and that gets all tangled up. You can you can pop those and then put them with your plastic bags and take them to one of those plastic bag recycling centers, um, but you just can't put them in the curbside. Got it. You you said we can recycle plastic containers. So like if I buy yogurt and it's in a plastic container that's not clear, it's just like white. Was I can recycle that? Yeah, you can put that in. It's the, and see, that's kind of where it gets tricky, but we kind of err on this of saying, go ahead and put it in there because the volume of that material is not giant and it's a small enough a product that it gets kind of bundled with some other plastics and kind of gets smushed together with all of that. Um, and then kind of, so it's, it's, it's recyclable for the most part. Um, it's, it's when you have like way too much of it that it becomes a problem. But for the most part in your residential curbside, that, that's going to be fine. You're not going to get um, in trouble for putting that in your recycling. Okay, so I need to avoid all Amazon packaging. I need to avoid... avoid someone. I read somewhere that you're not supposed to use black plastic, like some food containers that you get at Trader Joe's or something, they, they come like, in black. Yeah, so, right, like, the, like, a, uh, like a frozen food tray. Right, like you put in the microwave. So that's like that's kind of the same as the yogurt. 
Like you can put it in your recycling, it's not going to make a huge difference. Just make sure it's dry and it's free of food. What does the food get mushed up in the equipment? Is that the problem? No, the problem is it gets mushed up with other with, the, with other recyclables, right? So all the stuff gets in, put into the truck, and then if you if there's a lot of food and a lot of liquid, then that all gets mushed up, and then it gets mingled with the aluminum can or with the cardboard, and then it's just it's a big mess that you can't reuse it later on down the road because the fibers of the cardboard have all come apart or the aluminum can is all spoiled because it's got a bunch of food and liquid in it. Uh, and then when when all of this comes to the plant, is it does it machine say cardboard here, plastic here, cans here, the machines automatically sort it out? Yeah, for, it's pretty amazing that technology and it's getting better. So there is, um, right, so it gets all dumped in this big pile and like a bulldozer pushes it to a, um, to like a, um, assembly belt and that goes up and there's first line of, uh, actual sort, we call them sorters, um, they're doing all the hard work and they, they just watch and take out like really the stuff that's just like absolutely not recyclable at all. So they'll, they'll try to, if people have plastic bags, they'll try to get those plastic bags. And out. this is human hands, not machines. Right. This is the first line of defense is human, human hands, um, with very, very strong protective gloves. <laughs> yeah, <really>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they do the first line, just making sure to get rid of that big stuff that we know absolutely is not recyclable. And then it goes through a series of machines. There's um, optical scanners. That um, there's these shakers that can um, take, like, separate heavy material from light material. There's spinning barrels that separate stuff. And so as this, as the product goes down, it goes through all these different machines and then gets sorted into aluminum, into glass, into paper, into cardboard, and then like into plastic, yeah. And then, then where? I mean, is there a market for all that? Yeah, so that's, that's the, that's what we, um, I don't know if you remember the whole China sword conversation. So in the past, uh, China um, had like a big thirst for materials. Yeah, they, and then they, they don't have them. Enough, a lot of natural resources, so they were just accepting everything. Yeah, and so there was a market for everything, and then they would just sort it themselves and you know put the trash where the trash is and reuse the other stuff. So they stopped doing that, and um, so that kind of was when everyone was like, "Hey, we need to really focus on recycling and make sure there is clean." So the the reason we have these rules is. So that we, there is a market so that we can sell it. And, and WM is, um, made a vow not to send, um, curbside recycling overseas. So all our curbside recycling is processed in, in North America. Um, so we send it to a North America plant, which turns it into something else. Um, of what we, we put out our recycling, we put out our yard waste, and does that go to be recycled by the airport? The, yeah, in Chico, the yard waste go, I'm pretty sure the yard waste goes to recycling and I think, and that's why right now it's only yard waste. Um, I think we're working on a solution so that you can, um, include food as well. Um, and then it'll be taken to another location. I think right now we can't have food in that pile because it's next to the plains and they don't want to attract birds and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and then what, uh, 
I know it's hard to say this, but roughly what percent is junk? It can't be, it has to go to landfill. Oh, um, yeah, I don't, I could try to get that number for you. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what the percentages are. It seems like it's smaller. It's, it's getting smaller all the time, and, and the California laws are, are helping with that, especially this new one, SB 1383, um, which is technically a state law, but a lot of communities have been given kind of a year to to figure it out. But this, this new law will require that um, any organic material, and it, it's not, uh, which is basically, you know, like yard debris or food scraps or food soil paper, that that not be placed in your trash and instead be placed in what's going to be called the organics cart so that that material can then be processed into compost. Um, and we've, we've uh, been doing that in the Bay Area for quite some time, yeah. and, and waste management kind of, or WM, we're called WM now, <laughs> um, WM for, foresaw this coming and, and knew that we needed to find solutions um, to, to this and created, we have several composting facilities throughout the state where we bring yard debris, we bring food scraps, food soil paper, mix it together, and, you know, there's a whole big process to turn it into compost, which is great for the environment. It, it sequesters carbon. It can be, It's like a natural fertilizer. We sell it to farms, to ranches, uh, landscapers. Um, so it's, it's really, it's, a, it's a, like a full circle. It's kind of neat to think about. When might that happen in Butte County or Chico? Yeah, I think Chico is... It's looking like next year it's going to start in Chico um, and possibly Butte County as well. I think some of the smaller communities. So the, the state recognized that, number one, the law was passed, but there was not enough composting facilities to handle all this new material. And then number two, that there's a lot of communities that are small rural communities that might just not have the infrastructure. So I think like like Gridley um, and smaller towns have, will, will get an exemption um, for it. But I think that's all still being worked out. But I believe Chico, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start next year. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Well, one, garbage, food garbage releases a lot of methane, which is really bad. And two, I've read somewhere that like a third or a half or some amazing amount of our food that we buy doesn't get used and gets thrown away. Do you know what the figure is? It's a lot. Uh, yeah, I can look it up. I, I think it's the, the, the state has a figure um, on it. I don't know it offhand, but that that's part of the, the new SB 1383 law, too, is that um, to create these systems where places like Safeway, grocery stores, and restaurants, that they have food that is um, usable, that they can donate it to, like, a food bank, um, and so that to make sure it doesn't go go to waste. Um, in in the Bay Area, WM is working with the Alameda County Food Bank, and we've gotten grants from Cal Recycle to um, so that the food bank can purchase like uh, refrigerated trucks that they can go around to the various places and collect this food mm. to make sure it doesn't go to waste. And then um, you also mentioned the methane, and WM, you know, knows about methane and, and landfill methane. You know, we've been dealing with landfills forever, and we really work hard to capture that methane and make sure we it doesn't just go to waste. So um, all our landfills have extensive, uh, they call them gas well extraction systems. So wow. it's just like drilling a water well or like a... Um, 
a oil well, you drill down into the landfill, you put in this pipe, it's got like a bunch of holes and it kind of like sucks the methane out. And then we use that methane to, um, a lot of our landfills have uh, what's called gas to energy, landfill gas to energy power plant. So that methane comes out, it gets cleaned, and then it's used to uh, fuel generators, which generate electricity to power, and then that electricity goes into the grid. Do we have that in our landfill here? I don't know. So the landfill in, over there is, uh, I think it's county-owned, so we don't, I don't know what, what, what they're doing there. Um, I think it's required that all landfills have the gas extraction system to capture the methane gas, but I just don't know what they're doing with it there. I um, just I have this picture of, you know, dumping garbage and dumping garbage, and are we going to run out of land, or does it, like, settle, or is that an issue of space for junk? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> eventually, someday it will be. I don't think right now, like, I can't speak to Butte County because we don't own any landfills there, but I know in the rest of the state... Where we do have landfills, we have permitted room for that'll cover us for years and years to come. And then these new laws that are getting passed are helping to reduce the amount of trash that is actually going to the to the landfill. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, land is limited, and tens of thousands of years down the road, it, it could become a problem. I think right now it's it's not an immediate issue. Is it compressed or it just piles? Yes. So there's a um, there's a whole uh, series of um, steps you have to take in the landfill oh. when you first create it. Like you have to you you wherever you have it, you have to put down like layers and layers of different materials like clay, and then you have to put down the system that can capture. They call it leche, and it's basically any of the liquids that come out of it. Um, you have to capture that and, and store that separately. And then um, there's just all different kinds of materials you have to put down to protect the groundwater and the land around it. And then every time um, items get dumped, at the end of the day, you have to cover those with a layer. Um, they, they call it alternative daily cover. So it could be a layer of dirt. It could be a layer of uh, you know old rubber tires. Um, it, so you cover that at the end of the day, and basically that it becomes a unit, and then the next day you put stuff on top of that, and then cover it the next day, and the next day you put stuff on top. What's the point of that? Because you, that takes a lot of dirt and tires. Yeah, it's, it's minimal. It, you're true. There's no place else to put the tires, so that's why tires is a good way to do it. Um, and at the point is still that at, at, at the end of the day, the garbage isn't just open. That you basically create a seal and a cap on it. So that's kind of the, why they do that. But that's where WM takes its trash, right, to the landfill. I believe from the Chico trash. I believe we do take it there. Yeah. I don't know where else it, it would it would go. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest landfill we own is Anderson Landfill out in Shasta County, but I think that's too far. I think we do take it to to the local landfill. Um, so on the on the WM trucks, it says natural fuel powered by whatever. What 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 is that? Yeah, that's, this is actually a great, another a, a pretty cool story. So all our trucks, collection trucks, are ninety nine percent of them are fueled by renewable natural gas. So 
WM committed, like one of WM's core goals is sustainability. That's that's we changed our name from waste management to WM because we're not just a waste management company. We're we 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 like to consider ourselves an environmental services company and, and a leading environmental services company. So we're we're investing. We can we have been and continue to invest in new technologies. So the natural gas trucks is one of those examples. Um, it was found long ago that natural gas-powered engines are cleaner burning than diesel, um, but can provide the same power that you need for a large truck like that. Um, so we've converted all our truck. well, converted, we purchased all new trucks with natural gas-powered. Um, and in fact, one of our landfills in Alameda County has a facility that, that captured methane gas. It sends it to this facility, cleans it, and then turns it into renewable natural gas that we wow. use to power our trucks. Wow. So it's like back to the future. It's kind of neat. Really neat. Yeah. Um, but most natural gas, does it come from wells that go into the earth? Yeah, so our the gas we use, we it's renewable natural gas. So most of the natural gas we use is, I don't, it's not like from fracking and that, and those um, kind of extraction. It's from, uh, other sources of, of natural gas, like this landfill gas to um, natural gas facility. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when you talk, do you talk to elementary school kids? Do you go to classrooms to talk? Um, I I don't, but we have a team of um, we have a team of recycling outreach coordinators that do that. Yes. I was just curious what the kids ask about. That's it's the we what we found is for recycling education the best way to get the parents to do it is to get it, the kids to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> then, they, then they go around and they say, "Hey, you're doing it wrong," and they and they pick it up fast too. Yeah, they they get it. It's their it's their future. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, is there anything that we haven't covered that people should know about what to do with their stuff or about WM or about you? Yeah, so I, the one thing I think, and we're doing it in Chico, and um, it's called WM Smart Truck, and I don't know if you've heard about this or, or not. Um, so WM Smart Truck is a new technology where we've put cameras on our trucks to capture when we dump um, recycling or yard waste out so that we can see what's in, in the container. So a lot of times, um, and I mean, that the driver so, can see when when he's dumping the bin into the truck. Yeah. So what? So when the the bin gets dumped, you can see everything come out, and oh. then you can see it kind of right there on on the on the, in the in the hopper they call it. And the idea is to basically improve recycling and education. And so when this happens, we can see like, oh man, they put a bunch of trash, you know, there's a bunch of styrofoam in their recycling and that's not allowed. So we can, there's video and then we can take a picture and then we send a letter to the, or email to the, to the customer and say, Hey, when we serviced your house the other day, we noticed you put this in here. Um, just to let you know, this is not allowed. Um, and of course there, uh, after a couple of warnings or after a warning, there's a small fee attached to, to doing it wrong. <laughs> um, but what we, so when this program starts in any community, as you can imagine, there's a bit of a uproar. Um, people get a little bit upset, 
But what we have found, we've been doing it for residential now for several years, and what we found is that our recycling rates go way higher. The amount of materials we can actually recycle goes way up because it's not contaminated. And the amount of people putting the wrong stuff in there goes way down because they're getting direct education. They're, they're, like, it's not, like you said, it could be confusing. Well, we, when they do something wrong, we can say, hey, look, this is exactly what was wrong. And like, oh, okay, I won't do that again. And unfortunately, I think human nature is you have to put a fine to it because if you don't, then people kind of tend to ignore it. Um, so we, we've, um, this has been going on in Chico for several months now, um, and I think we're looking to expand it in, to, into Butte County as well. Um, and you know, it's there is at first there is a little rumblings, but it's been a, a huge success and it's been really helpful in making sure we get clean recyclables and that those materials can be reused. Um, sometimes cardboard boxes get rained on or something. Why is it such a no-no to have wet cardboard? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so when the cardboard gets wet, the fibers in the cardboard break down and, you know, it, it just turns to mush. And so that mush cannot be, there's the, the person that's taking it from us to turn it into new cardboard, they can't, um, they it can't use it because it's the fibers have all broken down. That's why it's imperative that we always say, like, please make sure the lids on your containers are closed and that your boxes are all broken down. Because then you can fit them in the lid. Got it. In, in the container, yeah. yeah. Great. Well, that's encouraging that WM is really committed to the environment and, and making sure that we're going to be a little bit healthier. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. And and, and the using all these new technologies is, is really cool, too. Um, you know, as, as they... It's cool to be able to harness some of this. You wouldn't think that you could as a trash company, but it's it's neat. And I, I love like the the the, the landfill gas to land uh, to um, natural gas power uh, facility we have, where he could be like, "Hey, remember that movie Back to the Future?" Like, in a way, our trucks are being powered like that. It's just it's kind of it's it's really neat to be able to do that those kind of projects and talk about them. Yeah. My my recycling system is I have three chickens, so I give all my food scraps to them, and I put compost on my trees, so I never have any food waste um, at all between yeah. the chickens and the compost for the trees, the fruit yeah, trees. It's great if, yeah, it's great if you can do that. Um, and that's what we encourage a lot of people to do in, in more rural air settings and stuff. Um it's in the big cities where where we where we try to get you know people to separate their food scraps and and a lot at first I've been doing it I live in Oakland and I've been doing it for a while they've had that as a rule and at first you're like what is this like it's gonna be stinky in my house and I don't and my you know but it, it's not it doesn't turn out to be that bad. no not at all no it's great Paul thank you this was really interesting I'm really glad to have more clarity and also to be encouraged that that um, we're making progress that's good yeah and if if you want to um, I know it was quick and it's hard to keep track but the uh, we have a website wm.com um, forward slash recycle right and that kind of shows you all the basic rules um, if, if people are interested in, in learning more. Um, and then we also have a website, northvalley.wm.com, 
And that kind of has all the local information about our operations in Chico and Butte County um, with some more, uh, you know, recycling rules and advice and tips. Please say the WM, um, the first website. Again. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's WM.com uh, slash recycle right. Okay. Um, I'll make sure that's on the YouTube. Um, and right is R-I-G-H-T. Crap, yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Paul. It was really good to meet you. This yeah, is informative. So, thanks. thanks. Yeah, thank you so much.